You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here today for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Go on the iOS app store today and download Spotify Greenroom on your iPhone or iPad. On today's show, we talk about the future of podcasts. Got some big things coming up here. Want you guys to hear about as we head into September, October, and November, which is playoff season. We've also got um, Nationals and Marlins to break down that three-game set, and then we'll preview real quickly Nationals and Mets coming up this weekend. A whole lot to do on this Friday edition of Locked On Nationals. All right, let's get into it. Uh, a couple notes as we do. First of all, it sounds a bit more echoey because I've been doing the last few shows from my kitchen. Uh, as my dog is recovering from a shoulder surgery, he can't go to daycare where he normally is. During the day, he goes to daycare so I can record this podcast, do the Spotify green rooms, uh, record Locked On Big 12, shoot video, and also do my Sirius XM show about having you know dog disruptions. He usually goes to daycare, but he can't do that because he's recovering from shoulder surgery right now and they want to keep him home. So if you hear him in the background, that is why. If it sounds a bit more echoey, that is why next week I will be returning back to my normal studio space. Um, so we'll be good on that front. I appreciate you guys hanging in there. I know it sounds semi-normal, but there is a bit more of an echo as uh, Bowie is recovering, so I have to watch him pretty closely. Second thing is about the podcast coming up. So we will be five days a week in September as the season rolls on. That is what you can expect, 19 episodes at least in the month of September. Spotify Greenrooms will continue into the month of September. Uh, and also when the playoffs start, I will be doing my playoff diaries. So uh, I, last year I did this playoff diary, basically an episode every single day about the happenings in the playoffs. And usually try to find a couple nationals ties if possible as we go through the playoffs. And there are, are always plenty. There will be this year as guys like Max Scherzer and Trey Turner are definitely going to be involved in this year's playoffs. But one thing new for us here involved with those playoff diaries is going to be the fact that they will be on YouTube. So we're going to make that move once the season is over. Locked on Big 12, my other podcast that I've been talking about, is already on YouTube. We just started that and the response has been really good. It's been fun to watch it grow a little bit so far. It's only eight subscribers, but you know we're getting up in the hundreds of views and the videos are basically coming daily. And... With that, during the season, the videos are going to be daily for Locked On Big 12. So once we transition this to three days a week, which will be uh, October or November, then we'll be then we'll be doing Locked On Nationals on YouTube. And I'm hopefully I want to start the playoff diaries on there because I think those will be fun shows to do on YouTube. Maybe add some graphics and whatnot. But you know the big thing is with those with the playoff diaries, they're fun because. You know, I don't get to watch a lot of those teams, uh, other teams a whole lot. When you focus on one team, and I focus on the Nationals, obviously, you're keeping track of them. It's once 7 o'clock normally hits game time. It's really who you're keeping track of. Another big thing is on Masson, it's not like you really get highlights. If you're Only if you're on Twitter, you can see what's happening around the league. But Masson doesn't have rights to other teams' highlights. A lot of teams don't have rights to other teams' highlights. So you're not getting live scoring updates during the game of what's happening elsewhere. And that's... 
It, it does happen for some channels. For Masson, you really don't get that, which is, is pretty upsetting. You don't get to see what's happening around the league. But 7 o'clock every night, that's really where it starts. Uh, you know, it's, you're kind of dialed in. And also, you know, I'm checking in on other teams like the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves. Those teams really keeping tabs on them if, I, if I'm going out of my way to watch other teams play. So, you know, I can't think of a time where I've actually sat down deliberately and watched an Angels game this year. I, I have not gotten to watch, you know, Shohei Atani. And obviously he won't be in the playoffs. But, you know, you don't get to watch teams like the White Sox. I actually have caught them a couple times, but not like on purpose, right? I watched the Field of Dreams game. Intentionally, that was the one time. But yesterday, sitting down watching and just on NLA Network, they popped on the Blue Jays and White Sox game. So being able to really sit down and give these playoff teams our full attention and kind of evaluate them, obviously with that Nationals angle like I talked about, that's going to be really exciting to do. Also, we're going to have um, our exit interviews is what I'm going to call them. So we're going to evaluate players, not guys who have left, but guys who stayed the entire season with the Nationals. We're going to evaluate them and talk about uh, the seasons that they had. We're going to group them together, I think, by veteran and then by younger uh, or, you know, kind of newcomer. So we'll do veteran position players, veteran pitchers, and we'll do veteran uh, young guy infielders, you know, and then younger pitchers as well. And then talk about them. You know, if it's a guy like Alcides Escobar, you know, talk about, hey, should they bring him back in almost that Josh Harrison capacity next year? So kind of a veteran middle infielder or versatility in the infield kind of guy type that we'll discuss uh, all those guys. You know, he's obviously wasn't here from the start, but he's been there long enough to, to, to warrant definitely talking about. And we'll assess the players, obviously, like Keyboom and Barrera and Luis Garcia and uh, maybe, you know, eventually if we see KB Ruiz, but Josiah Gray's definitely been around long enough to get evaluated Mason Thompson. So all the guys we want to talk about, you know, you want to talk about, we'll do that. So that stuff will be taking place in October and November. That's what to watch for as we kind of transition towards YouTube. And then we'll kind of play the hits, talk about the best moments from the season, because there were a good amount of great moments. I know the Nats season has not gone well, but the Nats, have, the Nats have still provided some exciting moments for the fans, and we definitely want to hit on those and kind of celebrate those and talk about what they mean and or just enjoy them after the season's over. So that's really one of the one of the talk about about what's kind of coming up here as we look towards the future, look towards September, October, and November here uh, on the podcast. So you, YouTube, Playoff Diaries, Exit Interviews, and, and Best Moments. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Nationals. Three games set with the Marlins. They dropped two of three. Uh, I talked about Josiah Gray versus Edward Cabrera with RM Layden, but we really took kind of a big-picture perspective on that and didn't hit a whole lot on the nitty-gritty of some of the games. So we're going to do more of that today. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show was brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, guys, they've got something for everybody available right now with their flavor selection. They've got coconut, cherry barchia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, cookies and cream, German chocolate. All of those flavors are available right now at built.com. They've got 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. It's also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to built.com today. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off on your next order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off today. 
All right, so the Nationals dropped two of three in Miami over the course of the weekend. Their record now is 54 and 72. Uh, where that puts them in the standings, I believe, as I pull it up right now, I think they're tied. Let's see if Josh can get this thing correct. Oh, no, they're still two games ahead of the Marlins. So uh, they're two games up. They're 54 and 72, as I had mentioned. They've lost two in a row. They're four and six in their last 10. Uh, they're 14 games back of the Atlanta Braves, who are 10 games over 500 after their hot streak of play. So the Nationals actually got off to a pretty decent start in this series. They get a 5-1 to one win against the Marlins in the first game. And Trace Barrera was the real key on offense. But I thought on the pitching side, Eric Fetty with one of the best starts of the season. Six and a third, six hits, which is, you know, hit-burning, um, one walk, but he had 10 Ks while only allowing one run on 103 pitches. That is a great effort from Eric, who's gotten the ERA now under five. He's had some moments this year, and he's had some real moments of turbulence this season. And so we feel like starts like this can be in, you know, occasionally he had that great outing against Arizona earlier in the season, but uh, this month had been really difficult for him up until this this outing. And this is probably the best start he's had in over a month, that Miami start. And he's pitched well against Miami this season. But uh, he had a six-inning, no-run start with four Ks. He gave in late July, and that was the best start. Then he kind of went a month on, on a rough stretch. And now this is a, a return to form for him. And with 10 Ks on the evening, you think about a performance this year. I mean, we haven't seen him look that sharp with all of his pitches all season, right? And that 10 Ks for him obviously is the highest all year. He had uh, nine nine Ks in that Arizona game I mentioned earlier, but 10 Ks a season high for him. He was on it. He gave him a strong start in the Nationals' offense, backed them up enough. Trace Barrera is a guy that we talked about before dealing with the uh, suspension, right? The, the, the PED suspension that he dealt with, and he is somebody. Think about the adversity he had to deal with there, being tossed up with the injuries and the trades this season into essentially a featured starting role now for the Nationals. And also factor in the Nationals trading for catcher help. K-Bear Ruiz, Riley Adams. That's a challenge to him. And he has responded. And next year, the Nationals are going to have a, a, a difficult decision about who is going to be that second catcher. Because they've got Barrera there, who this year is you know has been um, since appearing, since coming up, he's been solid and strong, and yeah, maybe not a major league catcher, you know, through and through, but it's at this point. But I mean, he's 26 years old, so he's a, a bit older, but hasn't really gotten the opportunity to play. And this year, he's played 29 games, 89 abs. He's hit 270 with 369 on base, 393 slugging. So it doesn't hit for much power. An OPS of 762 and a 0.5 war. So he's given them solid production. And that makes you wonder, hey, what is his role with the team moving forward? Is it going to be enough to beat out Riley Adams, who gives them a bit more pop as they look forward down the line uh, this season? But a three-hit night for him really is what kind of started the engine, or it was the engine, you should say, in this game. The Nationals get a two-run jack from him. And they get a Lane Thomas single, which drives in Luis Garcia. Ryan Zerman with a 415-foot home run 
um, in the fifth inning, makes it 5 nothing, And from there, Washington was strong the rest of the way. As I mentioned, Eric Fetty only giving up that one run. But uh, Ryan Zerman, man, 240, 276, 466 are his splits. I know it's not been an excellent season for Ryan. He had three Ks, and he's starting to show a little bit of that wear and tear. But he is um, still Mr. National, and for him to have moments like this is always so impressive uh, to see. Moving on to the next game, K-Bear-Ruiz, K-Bear-Ruiz, uh, Josiah Gray against Edward Cabrera. You know, Josiah has has the moments where it's the lapses, right, with the, the, uh, the home run ball. Actually wasn't the case for him early on. It was Jorge Alfaro singling to drive in uh, 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 Brian Anderson to make this a one nothing game. And I thought he was strong in this game. I thought it was another quality start where, look, we said it again, Patrick Corbin's a great example, and Paulo Espino occasionally, and sometimes Eric Fetty. The Nationals have not gotten outings from pitchers that have kept them in every single game. Every start Josiah Gray has made as a Washington National has kept the Nationals competitive. Every single start he has made them competitive. And at a bare minimum, you call up a guy like this who is a high-profile chip in in a big trade, Dodgers minor league player of the year, for him to continue to keep them in the game. I know I've said it before, but it's important to hammer home this, friends. Think about, you know, he might not be perfect. And this, you could you honestly view this pitch uh, start as a bit of a regression in certain ways. Six innings, five hits, two runs, both earned, three walks, seven Ks, one home run allowed in six full innings. But for him, like, once again, just think about the other days that you watch the Nationals and other guys who are vets who continually struggle. Patrick Corbin, Eric Fetty, Joe Ross, and always have great starts, Paulo Espino. And I know those guys maybe aren't the t- – I mean, actually, Patrick Corbin is, is the high level of talent that, uh, that Josiah Gray is. That's, that's, those are both really talented guys. Uh, Joe Ross, I think, is in terms of talent, and quote, maybe not as high end as those two, but still a, a pretty talented guy. Those guys struggle – have had mighty struggles this year. And for Josiah Gray now to be in start, what is this, number five – Six with the Nationals, right? Basically now a full month with the team pitching for them every fifth day. Uh, this is his, let's see, this is a fifth start. So his 28 start, uh, twenty innings that he's thrown, you know, the Nationals, he's, he's improved uh, in some ways in each one. And look, the fact that he's kept his team competitive in every single one of them is a testament to him. Now the Nats are four and three in those games, but the earned run count, guys, one, one, three, Two, two. That works. And, and the inning count, five, five, six, six, six. All right? Keeping your team competitive in every single game. The walks were not there. They didn't have his best stuff in this game, but still was able to strike out seven. That curveball has been disgusting as a put-away pitch. It's been fun to watch another outing where Kaber, or Kaber Ruiz, I keep saying that, Josiah Gray is keeping his team competitive and at a young age, I value that. I really th- and I think the team values it too. Uh, bullpen, I thought that they did their job besides Kyle Finnegan, who in the end gets touched up, and, and you know, in 10th inning, the Nationals lose, uh, end up losing this game four to three. And the Nationals' offense did not show up uh, as successfully as they normally do. They did not. They were one for three runners in scoring position, which is, is just not enough. Um, the Marlins were three for 15. So they, they just did create more chances. 
although they didn't capitalize it in regulation, as I put that in quotes, um, you know, they're able to do uh, a better job than Nats did. Josh Bell and and Yadiel Hernandez both homered in this game. I thought they left Edward Cabrera in too long. I thought he got better as the game went on until later on, but, but the Nats got a lot of hard contact off him early. I, I thought that he was impressive, don't get me wrong, but I think the Nats got a lot of hard contact, and I think they um, – I thought they were seeing him pretty well. He only gets two Ks, walks three, but I thought the Nats were pretty dialed in, and they left him in, I thought, far too long for my liking. Um, Yadiel Hernandez is a guy that we're going to touch on here in a second after the break, but he ends up homering this game. And uh, he goes one for four, but it, it was one as a home run. We'll touch on him in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors as we look towards the last game of the series we're going to talk about. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the best place, guys, for all of your sports gambling needs. BetOnline, guys, I mean, they got everything. They got everything from NFL, NBA, MLB, uh, college football, futures, props, boxing, Formula One, you name it, they got it. Super contest, eliminator pools, everything's available at Bet Online. You go there today, it's free to sign up. You can do it on your iPad, your iPhone, your computer. Once again, sign up today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On to get your sign-up bonus. Bet Online, they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, final game of the series. The Nationals end up falling uh, seven to five. They went down early because Patrick Corbin has been absolutely miserable. And here's the thing: the slider's a good pitch. Talked about Devin Fink a while ago. If you guys want to listen to more, uh, this episode feels very relevant. Devin Fink and I, a couple episodes back, discussed Patrick Corbin's struggles. It's still very relevant today um, because slider's a good pitch still. But the problem is when the fastball, uh, the two fastballs, plural are not working as well together, then the slider, more pressure is put on it and you got to locate it all the time and guys are waiting for it more often. And it feels like guys were keying in on that a lot more. Three innings, four hits, uh, six earned runs in this with two walks, three Ks, two home runs. ERA goes back above uh, nine, or six rather. It's not that bad. 6.09 is the ERA now. We'll say Mason Thompson came in, gave him two innings, Three hits, only one run allowed, multi-innings uh, for him. Uh, it was not an earned run. They end up getting into the game Patrick Murphy. He ends up pitching for the Nationals. He has a clean inning as well. All of the runs were given up by Corbin and Thompson. Sam Clay gives a clean inning, and as does Ryan Harper. Nationals offense kind of was too slow to the punch in this game. But the big story is Patrick Corbin keep getting keeps getting lit up. I don't really know what else to say at this point, I mean, besides that uh, maybe it's mental. I'm sure what it is. But, I mean, after doing a deep dive on it, I've kind of ex- expended all the Patrick Corbin energy I've got. And he had a great start uh, this past weekend. But for him, yeah, I mean, it's just the struggles continue. He can't put together multiple quality starts. Juan Soto homers in this game. Trace Barrera drives in a run, although it's double play. Josh Bell singles, and Yadiel Hernandez drives in a run, too. Yadiel Hernandez, man, this is a guy... We've mentioned it before. Is he going to have a real um, claim next season to be playing every single day or at least some capacity in the outfield, right? They're trying to figure out who are the guys that should be in the outfield for the Washington Nationals as the season moves forward. Well, in the month of August, Yadiel Hernandez has hit 329, 
383 on base, which is not great. Not a guy who walks a lot, but that's fine because he has got a 575 slugging and a 958 OPS. He's got five homers with 11 RBI. This guy hits for power. He goes up there looking to do some damage every single time at the dish, and he's effective at doing it as well. And right now, he is riding a uh, six-game six hitting streak, too. So he has been effective for them. A nice addition for the Nationals in the middle of the order and at times helping that offense be a bit more effective. We'll do more as we uh, talk about those exit interviews as we hit those. But a whole lot to like from Yadiel Hernandez's performances this season. All right, what's coming up for the Nationals this weekend? They've got a three-game set against the uh, just absolutely floundering New York Mets, so maybe a chance to pick off them. It's Paulo Espino versus Rich Hill on a Friday night. It is Sean Nolan versus Marcus Stroman on Saturday night. It's Eric Fetty versus Tyler uh, Tyler McGill on Sunday during the day. 7-10-7-10-1-10 are your start times. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. It's at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.